Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, noon on a Friday time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here as always. Aaron? So the Phoenix Suns return from the All-Star break tonight as they host the Thunder at 8 p.m. at the Footprint Center. Here's James Jones from Newsmakers Week on Bickley Murata yesterday. Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm never satisfied, but I'm excited about what we can become and what we've done. Um, but that's up until a point. We still have games we have to play, and we still have goals that we want to accomplish. But having Kevin um, gives you a shot in the arm because you know if you get to those moments, you have someone that's done it and that's capable and willing of getting you across the line. And then when you couple him with Devin, DeAndre, and, uh, and Chris, uh, you feel really good about you know those four guys plus one other guy being on the floor for you to close games. What are your expectations from the Suns tonight? I mean, these games still, they, they matter. You know, there's Was this... that not a good enough question for no, you, Wolf? No, it's just, uh, we all know. It's, it's like we've been in this holding pattern, literally. Join the club. Okay, well, we can't skip steps, I... so what do you expect tonight? Boy, he was, he was taking that literally, wasn't he? Can't skip steps, like every, you had everything. Bring, you had to come with pop. Is that what you're saying, Mel? You had to come with pop. To. to just drive it into the curb right exactly. Sons are I, being extremely deliberate and not skipping what, steps. What do I expect? You know what? I want to see DeAndre Ayton tonight. He's always the bell cow to me. This is a guy that sets the tone for the Phoenix Suns. The physicality tone for the Phoenix Suns. And look, everybody, there's KD. He's going to be sitting on the bench again. I, I want to see DeAndre Ayton go out and play Physically, melancholy, da. You want to see? That's what I want to see. Da be hating. No, I don't want DeAndre Ayton be hating on the hating floor. the rim. Okay, we get it. We, <laughs> she's kept rhyming. She's just she's in love with the hating. Um, you put it in your rap. I was just. Yeah, you. <laughs> I think you need to write another song. He yeah. does. You know it's what? been a while. It has been a while. Michael Porter Jr. Was that like your mic drop? You walked out <laughs> that after was, that. I think it was. Yeah, really. that was. I that was the start that. of last season. Um, all right, I'll bring it back at some point in time. Kendrick Lamar, you put okay. out a song like every five years. <laughs> By the way, um, okay. Um, yeah, I think that was it. That that was your that was my that was answer. your quick ten Didn't second I answer. answer it right oh, there? I'm you sure didn't you say did. anything. I didn't have a chance. You just derailed me. <laughs> I couldn't get a word in. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Darius Baisley play at some point. He is on the team, right? <laughs> no, I would like to see the Suns win this game because the difference between a win and a loss is, hey, you're in fourth, or hey, you're in seventh, potentially. Yeah, so that's right. Fun. So this question I was told to ask to you guys during Wolfing Down Your Lunch by my fiancé, Josh. So okay. here we go. Oh, here let's we see go. if he has what it takes to host okay. Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Let's, let's see, okay. Uh, any recommendations for Molly? Okay, no, so, I don't. Hold on. So ESP Stats and Info tweeted out last night, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have each scored 30 points in the same game nine times this season. Over the last 30 years, the only duo to record more such games in a season is Kobe Bryant and Shaq. 
It was 10 in 2000 to 2001, and it was 12 in 2002 to 2003. So, Josh's question, how many will Devin Booker and KD have? Wow. And will they break that record? Oh, that's so good, Josh. Don't let it go to your head, Josh. Is it the rest, so good. the rest of this season or ever? It just says season. Yeah, it's got to be this season. Well, okay, it's so, going to be oh. tough to break the, the full season record in the final yeah. 22 games. How right. do you know? It couldn't be done. I just oh, said it'd how be cool tough. would that be? Can you imagine? If they broke if they the record in 22 games? In 22 games. Well, that require Is KD the to talent play. there? Is the talent there? And they're, yeah. we're not asking them to go off for 22 games. We're asking them to go off for 13. <laughs> okay, 13. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are at nine right now, but... okay. How many do you guys think? Okay. Well, I want the Kobe right. Shaq uh, record, obviously. No pressure. I honestly, I want to say five. Is that ridiculous? Five in 22 games? Is that um, counting? Are we counting the playoffs? Or are we counting that? Sure. I, I don't know. I okay. Um, eight. Eight? Snowman. Look, everybody. He's got sticks for arms. We all know what a snowman is. <laughs> Uh, eight. Eight's a pretty good number if we're counting playoffs. I'll I'm go. Going, I'm going eight. I'll go. I'll go seven for counting playoffs. <laughs> well, because I, I, I need to see Kevin Durant play a game first. I, well, I, I'm just assuming he's going to be KD, right? Right. I'm I mean, not, I'm not. He's going to go off. Uh, he's going to go off. It's Kevin Durant. But is he going to play enough games in the regular season? You know what? Nine. Fine. I'll be the one that's right when you're wrong. I'll go nine. Then I'll go ten. Oh, oh, oh. I have a very slim window okay. now. All right. All right. The Arizona Cardinals introduced Drew Petzing to the media yesterday as their new offensive coordinator. So how will he prepare Kyler while Kyler's out? A lot of that's going to come from the meeting rooms. Uh, certainly, you know, expect him to still be involved in the meetings at walkthroughs. I know it's something, you know, we'll meet with him and he's, you know, he puts in time to make sure that he's ready to go. Um, so a lot of it may be more oriented to the classroom, whether it's quizzes or watching tape or asking questions. Um, he's been extremely engaged. Even in these few couple days, when we really, you know, we're not talking a lot of football. Um, you know, I think he's ready to go. He's chomping at the bit. Um, so it's something that that I think he'll get. Be I fully trust him to be able to grasp and understand the offense, even though he's not going to get the physical reps during training. And don't forget, Drew Petzing didn't have his starting quarterback for the first six games this season, right? Yes. I mean, even more. So he has that experience of getting his quarterback ready. So did you like to hear? Did you like what you heard from Petzing yesterday? Yes, I did. I, I really enjoyed that. He's a very smart guy. You can tell he's a smart guy. And he kept it very, very above board. This is a guy that, you can tell, comes from a coaching tree that doesn't believe in telling the media anything that could possibly aid, comfort, or provide shelter for your opponent. (laughs) I love that. He's not going to tell them anything, and he knows how to speak media. I was very impressed. Yeah, I've been impressed by him so far, too. I'm trying to figure out how to weigh the whole he he was a coach of a or you know he was involved I should say quarterbacks coach with a team last year that was in a similar situation because that's a unique experience to already that's have good point. but they were four and seven in those first 11 games too it's not like they won the Super Bowl last year you know what I mean so he was you know if you say it's a good point and then you laugh it really just did to <laughs> me sarcastic. Yeah. it was a good point even though Mel made it first it was a good well, point because by you. I was turning 
corner to. It's not like they were 11-0 and 0 in that situation. They, I, I like Petsing. I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. <laughs> we're, we're all taking a wait-and-see <laughs> approach. It's a lot of waiting. Somebody okay. play a game somewhere. We're, just, we're trying to get a question, a yes or no out of you. Were you impressed with him at the press conference? Yes. Nobody's saying that he's going to be the next Kyle Shanahan. Be nice. <laughs> Wouldn't hate that. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald was the special guest on the 600th episode of the Big Red Rage last night and discussed how his first year of broadcasting was. It was a lot of fun this year. I, I enjoyed, um, you know, they, they asked me initially to do a little bit more, but I, I wanted to take a little bit more, um, you know, scarce approach to make sure it was something I really enjoyed. And, and I did. I, I enjoyed the camaraderie, not only in studio, but, you know, being, um, you know, there live for the games on Monday night was, was really cool. Um, and uh, to be able to be that close to the games and be able to interact with, you know, Steve Young's and RG3's and, uh, and Booker McFarlane, some very knowledgeable guys that I got, I learned a great deal from. Are you afraid for your job, Wolf, as the Cardinals color analyst? He'd have it tomorrow if he wanted it. <laughs> I don't think he wants it. He's got bigger fish to fry. Um, it was so great talking to Larry, I have to tell you. Awesome. Had the opportunity last spring to talk to him with a bunch of kids and audience. And it was great to see him and talk to him a little bit, rip him. Um, last night, though, once again, it just reminded me what a great dude Larry Fitzgerald is. He's a better person than he is a player. Well, that's saying something because he's a pretty good player. Uh, that was, what, his 13th appearance on Big Red Rage? Dating back to 2004? Yes. Yeah. He did show 400 as well. That was show 600 last night. So have you already penciled him in for show 800? No. And I, I had people on Twitter asking me, when will Wolf know when that show airs, even though you've been hosting it for, I don't even know how many years. Well, uh, <laughs> they move the timer on from time to time, all right? Six well, daylight savings time. Yes. Uh, all right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. Uh, just announced Guns N' Roses are heading to Chase Field on October 11th. Tickets are on sale right now, but you can win a pair by texting ROSES to 62620. That's ROSES to 62620. Welcome to the jungle, Guns N' Roses fans. When we come back, the Suns return from the All-Star break tonight. How far can they climb up in the standings here in these final few weeks of the season? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. to play a football game right now. No, Sounds like this is what they play in a frat house. No, this isn't what they're playing in their dockers and khakis. Walking around with your deck shoes. No. It's basically the same era as Taking Back Sunday, isn't it? It's like maybe you six years Luke, older. Just stop and think about what you're saying right now. I mean, listen to this. I didn't say the same 
song. I said the same era. Uh, the same era, maybe, yeah. Well, that's, but it's an interesting you reaction. Walk around, that's what I said. You don't have frat boys playing this. You do what they told you. <laughs> you gotta do, do what, what they, they told you. You <laughs> do what they told you. Okay. Um, on a Friday, no, just that, just, that feels good. <laughs> the abrupt ending just, to the song gets me every yeah, time. By the way, there's a lot of serious faces inside a tunnel listening to that. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, you can't really. I will. It's the first time anybody's laughed. Blow your eyebrows off. Is that better or worse than ripping your lips off? <sighs> well, I think the eyebrows, because... <laughs> The eyebrows are up on the crown. Yeah, they'll grow back. You know, just, no. Yeah, eyebrows grow back. Are you kidding me? Okay, shave your eyebrows this weekend, and when we come back on Monday, they will have started to grow back. See, I've, I've always been told that they don't grow back if you shave your eyebrows. <laughs> like, they don't grow back the way you think they're going to. Well, like there's they, only one like way to find some, out. Yeah, like people, have you ever heard this? People actually could shave their eyebrows and it might come back a different color. What? <laughs> like you green? Know? Right. Not green, oh, of course. Okay. But the hair, the hair color, if you shave your eyebrows, might actually, I mean, that's what I, I've been told. My aunt told me that. What, I, did she tell you when you were like five and you were about to shave your own eyebrows? I, I, actually, I think it was, no, I thought it was like, um, it was like 30, I think. Uh, were you about to shave your own eyebrows? No, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> it I, sounds like something you say you to somebody. Why would you eyebrows? Well, that sounds like something you say to somebody to get them to not shave their eyebrows. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think eyebrows grow back. You just, okay, let's try yours. No, we're not going to try mine. Let's shave yours. No. That would be so cool. What if it grew back and it was brown instead of black? Or That'd if be it was cool. like bright blue. Yeah. Uh, Rick will do it. What does he have to lose? <laughs> yeah, okay. Here we go. Rick. Rick's not listening to the I show, but this. if he was, hey, Rick, you he would went, understand. Um, can we just shave your eyebrow, Rick? Just. I think you'd probably want it to be both, right? Not just one. Yeah, like if you're gonna shave, yeah, but, shave. Yeah, but no, you'd want to do one. You think they're gonna grow because back two different colors? I'm just saying, if it did, what That's, if it did grow back a little bit lighter? I'd rather just shave both. Yeah, you gotta. You have well, to of do course both. you would. Yeah, it, it would look weird to have one eyebrow and not <laughs> yeah. have another eyebrow. It would look totally fine to not have either eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I think that's a myth. I do. I, I, I think that is a myth, but isn't that weird? Your if, aunt if might any, tell you that. If anybody has any idea what Wolf's talking about, yeah, feel free go ahead. to, uh, to back me. him up. All At right. Wolf 98.7 FM, thank you. A serious topic here. we got Jeff Rogers coming on in a few minutes. He's oh, probably yeah. listening right now like, why am I doing this show? Yeah. Do I, yeah. Jeff, have you ever shaved your eyebrow? That'll be our first <laughs> question for him. Man. Um, the Suns have 22 games left starting tonight. And I'll just I'll reset the standings for everybody, okay? Because we had Kevin Ray on earlier, and he kind of gave a, a picture of it. They are at the moment four four games back of Memphis for second in the Western Conference. They are two back of Sacramento for third, half game back of the Clippers for fourth. But you're only a half game up on Dallas, a game and a half up on Minnesota. I mean, they are still only three games up on Oklahoma City, who they're playing tonight, who is in eleventh and outside of the play-in tournament. So it is still bunched up. My theory, Wolf, <laughs> if you could get it together over there, is that There's we're going to see the best. There's somebody <laughs> out there who's going to try it. They're going to shave. <laughs> you. You know I hope that that don't, person does. Don't do it, bro. I don't hope they do blame it. you. I'm just saying don't do it, man. <laughs> There's somebody, somebody's going to shave that. 
Well, yeah, Rick. We already. <laughs> nobody's more committed to the show. Than okay, Rick. don't do it, man. Okay, you, what were you saying? You're making a serious point, man. I don't know why. I tried. Um, there are only three games up on oh Oklahoma City head, for outside of the play-in tournament. Yeah. So, like these games hmm. are about to really matter. Golden State is tenth. I would assume they're going to go on a run. New Orleans. I don't know if Zion retired or what, but I'm assuming they're going to go on a run. Now's the time for the top teams to rise quickly because if you're the Suns and you kind of play 500 here, and to be fair, they're 11 and four in their last 15. But this thought of like, well, I'll kind of tune in when KD's back. Um, they need wins now. Yes, they they need wins now. There's no denying. <laughs> what do you think the people in the news are? <laughs> like, there's a couple of the reporters kind of looking. I'm in so here. sorry. It's it's the church laugh. Have you ever gotten that where you can't stop? Of course, you know you shouldn't do it. And I know right now. I <laughs> what do they do when they're trying to film a scene like an actor can't stop laughing? Oh, my goodness. Don't they just like take five? Um, we had this dude, ladies and gentlemen. His name was Brad Hunt. Okay, just go ahead and Google it. Brad Hunt, I love you, baby seal. <laughs> this is a guy who played nose tackle for us. Wait, his nickname was, was Navy Seal or Baby Seal? Baby Seal. Mm, okay. Baby Seal. Brad Hunt. Okay. Baby Seal. What's up, Baby Seal? Right there. This is a guy who was 6'1". He was 330 pounds. Now, imagine a guy who's 330 pounds and 6'1", ladies and gentlemen. He's got a, a little globe going on there. He's got some circular, if you know what I mean. All right. So just so he's, about, he, he's about a half inch shorter than me and 140 pounds heavier than me. Yeah. Okay. And he was... He, <laughs> That's he, large. He's, he, his hair was so light that you know um you know a lot of people would would say he's he was an albino okay. when he wasn't it was just that blonde okay it was so light in his eyebrows the same thing <laughs> and we dared him to shave his eyebrows when he was dark. a freshman and he, he you couldn't see it after he shaved it Okay, and it didn't grow in either. And you could that's the reason why I totally believe that right there. He, he's <laughs> Wait, so this guy's baby seal to this day. And you still can't see his eyebrows just because you guys talked to him Google and shaving him. him off. If you Google him, you'll see what I'm talking why, about. Why did you say that with Brad listening? Hunt. We were trying to get Rick to shave his eyebrows. Okay, yeah. So, anyways, we're talking about the Suns right now. And, and the Suns getting back into this thing. They're not out of it, of course. They're there. They're the number five seed in the West. Um, okay, number one. That The number one seed looks like it's out of reach. I think we'd all agree on that. Correct, Luke? Denver can have the number one seed. They can have the number one seed right there. Memphis is four games up on the Phoenix Suns right now. The two do you think the two seed is in play? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Memphis has been shaky lately. They yeah. really, they especially on the road. K. Ray was talking about that very thing right there. So I think there's a possibility. It just depends how quickly can the Suns get up to speed with Kevin Durant. Well, you talk about their road record. They're 11 and 18, Memphis on the road. Okay, man, that's a team that's supposed to be one of the best in basketball, and they can't win on the road. How about this though? Golden State is seven and 23 on the road this year. Like, that's not just, oh, that's, you know, a little bit. Uh, that's one of the worst road records in the NBA. And yeah. It's the Warriors. What's amazing about what you're saying, though, is, yeah, 11 and 18 for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Suns are 12 and 18. Yeah, and I wasn't going to bring that now, up. Now, I understand, though, you don't have Kevin Durant. This is why we're all sitting around waiting <laughs> while we're waiting for Kevin Durant well. to actually, yes, we get it, Luke. 
Um, we're waiting for Kevin Durant to actually play in a game right now. And, you know, I, shoot, man, there's 22 games left. Yeah, I, I do think, though, the bigger picture is the Suns as a team really haven't played together very much this season. It's not even the Kevin Durant thing. It's it, it, How often have you really seen Booker, Paul, Ayton out there together this season? And, and you know, before they ended up trading away, Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges, Mikel played, but for the most part, we haven't seen this team at full strength all year. So it's hard to really read anything into their record, especially because they're about to look completely different here at some point in the next few days. All right. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, we're trying to regain our composure before Jeff Rogers joins us. I don't know us. what you're talking about. Next segment, we're going to ask the uh, Cardinals assistant coach, special teams coordinator, how he just keeps surviving. And now he's here with the new coaching staff. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Afternoon, talking a little football. Who better to talk football with right now? Wolf and Jeff Rogers. He's the Arizona Cardinals assistant coach, special teams coordinator, and resident survivor, making it through a few coaching changes. And incredible. I would assume excited to get started with this uh, this new chapter. He's joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Jeff, thank you for the time. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. I know you're busy right now, and I also know you are a humble guy. There's no doubt about that, but my goodness, Jeff, how does a special teams coach, how does he survive in three different coaching staffs? I don't know if I've ever seen that, Jeff, and I've been around football for a long time. Yeah, it happens from time to time. Uh, You know, it's you just kind of put your head down and do your job and you know at the end of the day uh, you know most of the time they tell you whether or not uh, you know it's something we want to continue or not it's uh i've been fortunate not to have to have to move and continue living in phoenix and um you know it's been good so far talking to uh, Cardinals assistant head coach, special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers. Jeff, you are very young by coaching standards in the NFL, but on this coaching staff, there's a lot of guys even younger than you. Uh, what do you what's what's your early impressions of this? I know no games have been played, but what's the energy like around the building? Yeah, I think any time a new staff comes in, there's always going to be energy. Um, you know, guys are excited to get to work and new challenges, and the adrenaline gets going on on some certain things. Working with new people, uh, working with new players, excited you know to find out about the skill sets of guys. And you know, for me personally, it's you know I'm not trying to um, cloud anybody's judgment or um, you know kind of influence my opinions on on players. But you know, guys like to know um, you know what. How do you use this guy on special teams, or you know, how did this guy do for you, or uh, just kind of learning about the people because ultimately that's you know what's going to trans you know transpire first is is the relationship building and getting to know guys and um, if I can help in any way those those are most most of the uh, conversations I've had so far with the with, with the new guys. Jeff, I hope I'm not getting too personal here, but did you have any other interviews lined up, or did you just know you wanted to be here the whole time? No, well, I mean, let's let's go through like the legal part of it, right? Like, 
you, and until you're released from your contract, you're not allowed to be speaking to other teams. So uh, I don't know what any of the opportunities were uh, were going to be there. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, this isn't exactly a place you're trying to leave. So uh, it was kind of just wait and see. And whenever they made a decision on, on the head coach, uh, seeing if everything aligned um you know philosophy and, and and things like that with uh, with the new head coach. We're talking to Jeff Rogers. Uh, Jeff, having been here now for the last few years and and seeing the uh, you know Jonathan Gannon and Drew Petzing and, and Nick Rollis coming in here, uh, is there is there one thing or two things, whatever that that stand out to you that you thought maybe were missing last year that you're encouraged that these guys might bring this year? I, I think it's hard to tell right now. Um, you know, kind of what. I mean, it's it's been days. Like we're not even weeks into this thing or months into this thing. It's been days since you kind of get to know guys uh, initially, and I think those things will reveal themselves as, as time goes on. Um, you know, guys have different philosophies. Guys have different ways of of coaching, different ways of teaching, different schedules. Um, you know, and there's always things that you take from every head coach or every regime. Uh, I think I mean, I've been five different NFL clubs and worked with. With you know five or six head coaches, and you know with all of those stops, both positively and negatively, you learn more about um, you know what you believe in and 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 how the things you know would go if uh, if somebody asked your opinion. Hey, what do you think about this? You, you learn more about and have a more educated opinion. So, Jeff, as you know, of course, uh, every off season, the competition committee they get together and they review a lot of the rules out there and they talk about it and maybe some rule changes. Do you think there? might be any rule changes in terms of transition with special teams there always seems to be um there always seems to be and and when the competition committee gets together the first thing they talk about is player safety so what can we do to make the game safer for the players and make it a better game and those types of things Uh, there's always a couple of hot button topics and things that um that have kind of been building throughout the season like oh we got to talk about that after the season and then there's a couple of things that um that kind of pop up at the end and kind of slide in there from time to time um you know the competition committee uh, and you know ownership those guys get votes players get votes uh on how things should should go as coaches we just kind of adjust and react to uh, the hands that were dealt is there anything you'd like to see in terms of special teams play in the nfl and special teams play changing in the nfl is there anything yeah, you'd like to see? that's a really good question um there's a couple of things that uh, that I don't necessarily think are, are for the best of our game. Um, you know, things kind of go back and forth on some of the rules. Um, field goal. Uh, and, and field goal blocked. Like, there's some things that go on within that um, within that play that I think could be safer. But um, you know, like I said, they, it's it's there's no there's no coach represent, assistant coach representation uh, at those things. So we do get asked. We get asked at the combine uh, and at various times of the year. Uh, we will get asked, hey, how would this work? Or what are some of the things that you guys you know believe in? And if enough guys. Um, kind of voice the same opinion usually it'll at least make it to the next round of discussion at a higher level is there any way we might look at the onside kick Jeff 
Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, when when they changed the rule a couple of years ago regarding the you know kickoff, no running start, everybody's got to be still. It kind of killed the the onside kick recovery stuff. And when that rule got adjusted this past year, it had to do, or maybe it was the year before, it had to do with how many guys you could have defending the onside kick, and they eliminated one guy, and it, it forced all of us to kind of think about okay. Uh, this is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're one last guy from what we've always done. Uh, so it opened up more opportunities there. There's ways that uh, I think that, that that you can have a chance at that play. Um, it's just whether or not it gets executed. And if you can kind of uh, be able to adjust how the um, the return team is aligned there. Talking to Cardinals assistant head coach, special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers. Uh, Jeff, I, I know you said you don't want to you don't want to have too much influence on on how the new guys view certain players when they come in, but you know you you have been here more than just a special teams coordinator too. You have experience across the board with this group. So how how um, you know what what is your role now with with so many new coaches coming in? Well, I think that's still developing. Um, we just had, you know, the first meeting uh, yesterday with some logistical things and uh, kind of, you know, due dates on some evaluations and, and things like that. Um, how all that stuff gets defined, I'm not. I, I, it'd be hard for me to describe now because I don't know the answer necessarily uh, to that. I mean, there'll be more things that uh, for me to voice my opinion um, or kind of where, you know, things go uh, as time goes on, we start planning for those things. Um, you, you know, there's, there's nobody uh, of these new coaches coming in. There's nobody I've, I've ever met. Um, so it's getting to know those guys, but the inherent knowledge that I have is, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of schedules and things look good on paper. Hey, this is how we did it at this place or that place. Well, if that includes practicing in August at noon outside in Phoenix, that ain't going real well. You know, so um, it's the things, the, the weather and the logistics and, the, and the, how uh, what a positive the stadium is with, with you know being on grass but being inside and avoiding that heat. Those are things that I think will um, you know come up as time goes on. Jeff, I I'm sorry, I'm. Asking- Asking you all these questions, I know it's still early into the off season right now. But do you anticipate a large turnover at all in terms of your skill positions with the deep snapper, punter, kicker, kick returner? Do you expect a turnover, or how many guys do you think you might bring back? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this. You know, as it relates to the kicker, punter, snapper, those three guys have done it at a high level for a long time, yeah. and. All three of those guys, from a physical skill set, traits, or whatever, can still do it going forward. Like none of those guys are going to uh, leave or, or whatever because we don't think uh, that they can do it anymore. They're all good enough, and, and they're all good enough to be productive uh, NFL players. Um, as we all know, you know, there's a puzzle every year, and, and what pieces fit into that puzzle, and um, those things kind of get sorted out. I, I hope. Uh, to have all those guys back, but the reality is, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of the market, you know, what the free agency market says. Um, and, you know, I don't care how much somebody likes you. If somebody's going to pay them 10 times as much to go someplace else, they're probably going to go. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the right thing for them and their families and, and things like that. And at the same time, um, you know, you, you hope the working environment and, and you know, being uh, 
being able to live in Phoenix that that, that factors in. Um, and there's been times where, you know, it's like, hey, I've got an offer here for this, and you know, I'd really like to do it. And you know, the the club has said. Oh, yep, we'll do that too. Glad you're back. You know, so um, how much turnover? I'm not sure. The return stuff, you know, a lot of those guys who have touched the ball for us uh, are under contract going forward. And uh, then the specialists are the guys that are um, a little more questions just because their contracts are up and we'll, free agency doesn't start for another three weeks. So we've got a couple of weeks to kind of hammer that stuff out. Jeff, you're absolutely one of the best in the league. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. As always, I look forward to seeing you down the road. Okay, brother? Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, sure. I appreciate you guys having me on. That's Jeff Rogers, Cardinals assistant head coach, special teams coordinator. And, you know, you joke about it because it's, it's kind of unheard of. Usually there's a coaching change, everybody. He said it right there. He's like, these guys don't even really know me yet. And they're like, yeah, no, we're going to keep him. They know his special teams. They know his reputation. Coach. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's cool. I'm, I'm excited for him that he gets to stick around and be a part of the uh, you know this this new era. And I think it's helpful to have a guy like that that has been here, too. So it's yeah. not just a bunch of new coaches like, all right, what's, uh, what's Arizona like? The 35th Annual Arizona Renaissance Festival has begun. The Renaissance Festival lasts each weekend until April 3rd, and we're giving you the chance to win a family four-pack of tickets. So visit the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. We come back. How much pressure is on the Suns to win a championship starting now? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Thanks to uh, Jeff Rogers for joining us there last segment. That's interesting too, Wolf. That uh, that he doesn't even he said it's going to break, but that he doesn't really even know these this new coaching staff very well yet. And they were like, "No, we're keeping him. <laughs> we know enough to keep Jeff Rogers around." Um, over to basketball, and this got my attention. Kendrick Perkins yesterday. We're at that point in the season where all the shows are okay. You know, talking about who has the most pressure to win in the finals this year. Who's gonna, who's gonna finally step it up and who who, who needs this the most for their uh, legacy. He said a name I didn't necessarily expect to hear. KD, and now he goes to another situation where the foundation is already laid. This team, you, this team, the Phoenix Suns, went to the NBA Finals two years ago, and now you go pair up with arguably the best shooting guard in the game and Devin Booker. You have a floor general in CP3. You have a rising young star in DeAndre Ayton. They're well coached. So KD, he is under the most pressure. And I know he may say Oh, I just have joy when I'm playing the game of basketball. Nobody wants to hear that. No one gives up Mikael Bridges, Camp Johnson, four first-round picks just to say, oh, I want to go play for joy. No, you need to go play to win a championship and to prove you could be that top dog outside without Steph Curry to deliver a ring. He's under the most pressure this year. There's a lot there. Uh, there, there's because I feel there's like a lot of pressure. There's there's a lot of pressure. There's no doubt. It felt like at the start of that he was going down the path of well he just joined another super team. It's like no no <laughs> Suns are fifth in the Western Conference. They've never won the title before, and they're coming off of one of their worst playoff exits maybe ever last year. And they gave up Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson to get Kevin Durant. It's not like it's not like you're just adding a guy to a team that was running away with everything. 
but then at the end, he says the most pressure is on KD. So I, I, don't, I don't know. It felt like he was going down that path of no matter what he does, it's just going to be like he went to Golden State. I will say this again, and I think most Suns fans would agree. If he wins a title here, this is not like going to Golden State in the middle of their mini dynasty there and just helping them win more. The Phoenix Suns have never won the NBA title. They're not. (laughs) They weren't in the finals last year. Sure. If he wins, if they win a title this year, that to me is the biggest moment of Kevin Durant's career. Yeah. You know, once again, though, as a leadership group inside that locker room, I think they ought to embrace it. I, I think they ought to do that. Don't don't deflect it. Don't ignore it. Don't don't listen to block out the outside noise that you know what um, we're going to win a championship or they should win a championship or they ought to embrace it. Look, that's Devin Booker, and that's Kevin Durant, and that's Chris Paul, and that's DeAndre Ayton. And we can say, you know, DeAndre, I wish he'd just be a little bit more physical. But if this is a guy two years ago in the finals, he he was playing very, very well until the finals. Let's put it that yeah, way. He helped him get One of the, the reasons why they were in the finals. We all know he can do it when he has to. Um, and for me, I think they ought to embrace it, based on it. Just say, yeah, this is who we are. You're right. We, we do believe we can win a championship, and we're going to be disappointed if we don't win a championship. Now, listen, how do, you, how, do you, how do you win a championship? You don't focus on the end result. You don't do that. You focus on today. Every day, you focus on it. Every day, today, that's what you... You don't look at the end result. You don't say, oh, yeah, we're going to win a championship. But you don't. If you if you look at the end result, you'll never get there. You got to embrace the process and enjoy it. Steve Steve I think of Steve Nash, man, when I hear that because Steve Nash believed that it was the process that he loved, the process of a team coming together as a team and going out and winning games as a team. He loved the process, not the end result. There's there's a lot to that and that's and that applies beyond just basketball and that applies beyond sports, right? Anything you're trying any any major goal you're trying to get to in your life, to a certain extent you really have to enjoy the path of getting there, right? Yes. You're trying to lose weight. Well, you, you yes. got to enjoy working out. And if yes. you don't enjoy working out, you got to convince yourself that you enjoy. You got to find reasons that you enjoy working Great out. You're point. not just going to snap your fingers and get there. And if you hate every step of the way, it's not even worth it. But there is, um, it's easier said than done, though, too. Especially when, when you when you have a guy like like when I hear most pressure to win a title. I always think Chris Paul. And we're not talking about the Suns. We're talking about in the league. Nobody else has been in the league as long as Chris Paul and played at the level that he's played at and and doesn't have a ring to show for it. And so every time this year when they start putting out those lists, you typically see Chris Paul, by far, the most pressure's on him. He's never won a title, and that's part of his legacy. And then usually it's like Joel Embiid. And I think you now kind of see James Harden a little bit too. But it's Chris Paul way above everybody else. So it's interesting to hear somebody say Kevin Durant and I'm not going to I'm not saying this because Kendrick Perkins just said that, but just in general, I wonder if having KD does take some of the pressure off of Chris Paul. When things go wrong, it's not just instantly everybody, "Oh, Chris Paul's hurt in the playoffs again." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's another guy to take some of that pressure. 
that and take some of that focus and that attention. People are going to focus on Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's it's not just Perk saying this either. Right? This is all over the place. You just go to ESPN and you'll see somebody actually saying it. But the other day, Gilbert Arenas actually said this. Long as CP is running the team, you have the best chance of winning. You know, if they don't win, now that's the biggest threat, the Nets group. This would be the biggest failure for, for Kevin Durant. There it is right there. Okay, I, I was so worried. He maybe didn't edit that right there. <laughs> if said, it wasn't, if they don't if it wasn't win, Aaron, I would have been worried. Gilbert Arenas just said, if they don't win blank the Nets group, this would be the biggest failure for Kevin Durant. Okay? That's what he said in this podcast. And, man, um, it's strong out there. The, yeah, to me, again, don't run from it. Embrace it. Yeah, That's what 100%. I would say. 100%. Look, you're not going to win a title running from anything. <laughs> you're not really going to get anywhere you want to get in life running and hiding from it. Uh, I, I don't agree with that, though, that if, if they don't win the title this year. Now, look, if they don't win this year and they don't win next year and they don't win the following year, we can have a conversation because Brooklyn was a mess from the very beginning. Anytime you add Kyrie to the mix, yeah, you're getting an amazing player and a guy that's probably going to sabotage everything unless it's Game 7 and LeBron's playing out of his mind. I mean, let's not forget Kyrie made a huge shot sure. in that amazing win. That I would argue was LeBron's best moment of his career was winning that title with Cleveland. Um, I think what people are saying, though, is they're saying this is a great team that they got on paper right now. Don't skip steps, Pop. We're not doing that. We're not going to skip steps. But at the same time, I think the acknowledgement of saying on paper – this team looks great. Yeah, It's one of the reasons why everyone's picking them to win the West. It's funny, though, because none of those people thought anything of the Suns a month ago. Well, KD changes that. Yeah, okay. But, I think we all know but, that. But all of a sudden, it's like, well, yeah, KD's joining this amazing team. Well, why didn't you think this team was amazing a month ago? Because now this team that he's joining is that same team minus Mikel Bridges and this, Cam Johnson. This team was so banged up. So banged up. You don't as have to convince me exactly. But I'm, I'm saying, saying nationally, they were like an afterthought. But I think that's what they—that probably is what they were feeling. And not only that, stop and think about it. Two years ago, they were in the finals, won the first two games of the finals. Okay, yeah. And then all of a sudden, last year they won 64 games. They got ejected by the Dallas Mavericks, as we all know, very unceremoniously, I might add. Now, all of a sudden, you got them all banged up, and they're just getting older, older versions of themselves. I, I, yeah, I could understand why they were ignoring the Phoenix Suns. I just think it's funny how the narrative switches of, you know, two years ago, it was like, well, you know, everybody was hurt on every team they played. And now it's like, well, he's joining a team that was just in the finals two years ago. Like, which is it? <laughs> like, did, were the Suns a great team before they got Kevin Durant? Or, look, the, the bottom line here is... The scrutiny that Kevin Durant gets, I don't think we fully appreciate it yet, and we're going to get we're going to get a front row seat to it for the next seven weeks, and then however deep yeah. they go in the playoffs. Yeah, because make no mistake, anything that the Suns don't accomplish now, between now and the end of the NBA Finals, nationally, is going to be pinned on Kevin Durant. I well, think you said this. I'm sorry, Mel. I, I think you said this just the other day. You, you were to, the Suns are going to be one of the most hated teams in the association, right? Yeah. I mean, here's JJ Redick from his podcast yesterday regarding the Suns' chances. When people talk about whether the Phoenix Suns are the favorites, they are absolutely the favorites to win the Western Conference and compete with either the Bucks or the Celtics for the NBA championship. It's not even a question. It's not even a question. 
Kevin Durant is that good. And when your second best player is Devin Booker, holy s***. Well, well, <laughs> tough to argue. There you that. go. Had to be a podcast as well. Uh, think about that. Words. Devin Booker is your second best player. When has that ever been the case in this city where Devin Booker is your second best player? Well, let that settle. And Devin Booker, just, just just add to that. Devin Booker's only getting better, and he's your second best you player. It's not I like he started to trail off. You know what I love about this base and earnings? Book don't care. He Book doesn't don't care. care. He, he, Devin Booker wants a ring. What did he According say to Booker, he they only have one all-star. Yeah. No, both don't care. That's what I love about that dude. Uh, we come back. What's the Cardinals culture going to look like under this new regime? It's been a pretty unified message so far. We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.